you guys give it up for our worship team this morning? Some of you don't know, there was people on the other side of the wall over here. You probably had no idea. They're going to start walking out. You're going to be like, whoa, they were up there? Well, I know that Pastor Wes greeted you guys, and I, you're like, Pastor Wes, yes, he, he is my executive pastor, and i uh, been working really, really hard. He and, and Pastor Chad went through OSAM, and uh, went through just a time of, 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 the, of the, um, the Bible school work, and so the, the education matches the job description, and, uh, and so... Um, thank you for, for greeting them, Pastor Wes, and telling them about everything going on here. There's a lot going on, isn't there? But um, we, try to, we try to give ourselves lots of opportunities to connect with God and each other, and that's why I think it's so important. And so um, I'm Pastor Terry. I'm lead pastor here at Fusion Church Lexington, and uh, it is good to see you guys here, man. Are you glad you made the house of God this morning? Man, and we're here to celebrate the dads. We're here to celebrate the dads. Can we give it up for all the awesome dads in the room? Awesome. Some of you are struggling today. Um, like me, uh, Father's Day for me is, yeah, it's, it's my time where I get to reflect on and getting to be the father to the three Gs. And, and, um, but it's also a moment where I feel a sense of loss because I lost my dad in uh, 2017, and, um, and so he's not here today. And for those of you who are dealing with that same thing, I just want to kind of let you know that, that God sees that hurt and, um, and that he enters into that hurt with you. And so it doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter if people think you should be okay. It's okay that this day stings. It's all right, but I believe also that God wants to redeem it for you. Amen. Amen. So let me pray for the ones who are hurting right now. Can we do that, Father? For the ones who are feeling a profound sense of loss, there may be some in here. It's their first Father's Day without their father. Your word says that you are that friend that sticks close to the brother, but it also tells us that you are our Heavenly Father. And so that void that's left, I pray that you would just fill it in a big way today with your presence and your kindness and your grace. And God, as we get ready to get into your word, I pray that you would anoint me to preach your word. Uh, with accuracy, with authority, and with anointing. And, um, and I pray, Father God, that our lives be changed together by your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, so real quick, before we do anything, the title of my message is going to be Rebuild the Wall. And, uh, and this has nothing to do with Donald Trump in Mexico. Okay? Nothing to do with it. Just so you know. All right? <laughs> We're not going to... Nope. We didn't make any foreign country pay for this sermon. I promise. Okay? So... <laughs> Um, you see the wall over here. Uh, it's going to be an important theme. Before we do that, uh, I have two things that I want to do. First of all, I have a little tradition that is, uh, that is something that I don't ever foresee me stopping doing. There's a video called The Dad Life, and I play it every Father's Day. Some of you may be tired of this video, and here's what I would say to you. I don't care. Because I'm the one who's supposed to organize this thing, and, uh, and I want to do it, so we're gonna, all right? So let me present to you our little tradition, the dad life. Check it out. Ha <laughs> This is dad life. It's how we live, 24-7, 365. Check me. Gas station glasses, don't care what the masses Think about me with my sweet goatee I'm rocking my Dockers with a cuff and a crease I got that St. John's Bay and the clip for my piece I look nice, I got dozens of dollars and that's right It goes straight to my daughters and my wife I'm a miracle dad, making magic with the checkbook is the talent I have I roll hard in the yard with a 60 inch cut Zero turn radius, my neighbors say, what? They be driving by, peeping my landscape. Yo, these greens got nothing on my manscape. Hydrangeas, begonias, crepe myrtles, ornamental turtle. Hold up, is that a weed in my fescue? Aw, oh, no. Round up to the rescue. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. Take my daughter to the party. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. 
shooting vids of the kids, it's the dad life. Roll up to the splash pad, 10 a.m., my whole entourage hops out the minivan. We splishy splashy for an hour or two, then it's back to the house, yeah. prepping for the barbecue. Brats, dogs, racker ribs, whatever. Get me on the Weaver, man, nobody does it better. Call me Lord of the Grill, I'm king of the coals. Nana secret recipe, you know how I roll. 1080p, 16 by 9 I'm rocking man cave status with a screen like mine Keep your peanut butter hands off my 50 inch Vizio Pop up the corn, roll the Disney video We got Aladdin, Jasmine, Abu, the genie With kids like mine, everybody wants to be me Sing the night song and then it's off to bed How many of you guys saw that for the first time today? You were today years old when you saw that. See? I have an equation for you. Old things plus new people equals new thing. Right? That's how we do. So, yeah, it's one of my favorites. One of these days, I promise you, using pastoral staff and the men in this church, we will remake that video. Do you feel like it has to happen? Yeah? Okay. Maybe next year. Pastor Dan, he's already ready, dude. His wheels are already turning. All right. So one more thing before I get into the word. I want to do something to, to, to be kind to our fathers. So I need, uh, give me, give me um, Anna and Jasmine. And uh, yeah, Sam, come on up here, you three. We're going to make them sing a song. Yeah, we're going to, no, come here. All right. Yeah, okay. Here's what I need from you. I need you to pick a number between one and five. Four. Four, okay. I need you to pick a number between one and 12. Eleven. Eleven. And I need you to pick a number between one and seven. Three. He's like, oh, that's a lot of math for me. Okay, so, all right, so one, two, three, four. Oh, man. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Cecil Sherman, I don't know what you have going on this Thursday at 1 p.m., but if you are interested, we have four Guardians tickets for you if you would like to take some people to a Guardians game. So, after service, come and see me, and uh, I'll need an email address and um, Nikki, you're going to have to download an app for him because I know he's only got Fruit Ninja on his phone. All right. Thank you guys. Can you give it up for my assistance here? All right. Sweet. We gave away some Guardians tickets. Some of you are boycotting because we called them Guardians. You're going to have to get over it, Sweet Pea. All right. The title of the message today is Rebuild the Walls. And, uh, and, and so the Lord has been laying something on my heart to, to speak to my fathers about, well, for, for quite a while now, okay? And, um, and so uh, I've been kind of waiting for this day and, and uh, want to just share with you a message. Listen, men, here's what I know to be true. I know that on Mother's Day, we line the moms up and we're like, you're doing so good, moms. You're amazing. You're wonderful. We're so proud of you. Keep going. Keep going. You're so awesome. And then on Father's Day, we bring in the dads and we're like, you stink so bad. Get your head in the game, you're blowing it. That's not what today's going to be for us, okay? Uh, this, is, this, is, this is a word for you. This is an encouragement for you. This is going to be a challenge for you. But understand, dads, we love you, and you're doing a great job. Amen? Amen. Okay, if your kids haven't made that abundantly clear, get in the game, children. Do better, okay? So here we go. We're going to be in the book of Nehemiah. How many of you guys have your Bibles with you? Now you're like, PT, where are we going to be? We are going to 
we're going to do a quick scan of the entire book, okay? It's a lot, but I believe it's going to be pretty powerful. And, um, and so we're going to start in chapter 1, obviously, and, uh, and we're gonna, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3, and then I'm just going to kind of start setting the stage for what's going on in the book of Nehemiah. So it says this, And it came to pass in the month of Chislev, in the, tw- in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan in the citadel, they're using words that I'm not a fan of having to pronounce, that Hanani, one of the brethren, came to, with the men of, from Judah, and he asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped and who had survived captivity concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors are left from the, from the captivity in the province, and there are great distress and reproach. Reproach is not a good thing, okay? In case you were wondering. Check this out. Here's what it says. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. So we're going we're gonna to start right there, just kind of setting the stage. Understand this. First of all, Nehemiah stands for Yahweh has comforted. And he is living in right now, when, when it talks about the Sushani and the, and the citadel, he's living in like the winter palace of the king of Persia right now. Okay? And, and so what happens is, is that some of these smaller countries like join forces with one another. And so, and so they'll have someone who's from Jerusalem who's, who's advising the king of Persia because they've, they've joined forces because there's big, big things like Babylon or the Romans or those that are just taking over everything. It was Babylon, then it was Romans, now it's, now it's Amazon, right? So taking over everything, right? So Israel had been in captive for quite some time. Some have escaped. The rest are finally out of captivity. They're making their way back home. And when they get home, they see the gates and the wall of, of Jerusalem are broken down horribly and, and burned with fire, okay? Are we there? You still following me? One of the brothers comes to him and tells Nehemiah about this and, and tells him exactly what's going on, what's going on and, 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 and kind of explaining to him what's happening, and it breaks his heart. We'll talk about that in a minute. Understand, when you hear about the walls being broken down, this is a big deal. Do you get it? It's a big deal. Here's why. And this time... There was walls around the city, and there were different gates for different reasons within the city. And it was to keep things that were supposed to stay in the city in the city and keep things that were supposed to not be in the city from getting in. Do we follow? Okay. There were those who would always want to pillage and plunder and attack and and want to, to hurt and harm. And so those walls and those gates are meant to keep them out, right? And understand that without walls and gates, everyone would be vulnerable to an outside attack. Do you get that? Are we there? Okay. And understand this. In life, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to draw parallels between this moment and, Dad, your job as a man of God in your home. Okay? All right? So that's what we're going to do today. Understand that boundaries and safeguards keep families safe. Amen? Do we agree? That's why we don't let our kids do whatever. Do you understand that your prefrontal cortex, how many of you knew you had one of those? Some of you are like, where's the, is that here? Take an anatomy class. Crack a book. Um, your prefrontal cortex, that is the wise decision maker of your brain, doesn't fully develop until what age? 25 years old. That explains some things. And I've met some 25-year-olds where I'm like, well, we are still waiting for that transition to complete. <laughs> right? This is why you have to be what age to, to rent a car? 25. Right? So we tell our kids what they can and can't do. Why? Because their wise decision maker doesn't fully form until they're well into adulthood. That's why we put gates and, 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 and things around them to keep them from making decisions that are going to hurt them, right? Do you see kind of the parallel, right? There, there are, there, there's an attack on our walls nowadays. Have you, ever, have you noticed that? Especially if you're a follower of Jesus, 
and you believe that, that there's a way that you should be living and a way that you probably shouldn't be living, there's an attack on those walls, right? There, the, the walls in the world around us are broken down, and it's leaving our families, our wives, our children vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. There's an all-out assault on godliness, agreed? There's an all-out assault on the family unit, would you agree? There are people whose sole goal in this life is to ruin the family unit. Did you know that? It's a thing. There's an assault on holiness. There's an assault on purity. And I know I'm going to get an amen on this. There is an assault on common sense. How many of you guys would agree with me on that? I got a better response this time than when I said, who here is, is saved and living for the Lord? People actually raised their hand that didn't raise their hand for that one. They're like, yeah, I can make this proclamation. That's pretty safe. There's an all-out assault on common sense, y'all. I, I try really hard to not listen to too much, like, radio I'd rather listen to a podcast. I'd rather, I'd rather you know, li- listen to some worship music or some 80s hair bands, whatever, right? And uh, the other day, I listened to AM radio, and I found myself shaking my head because I heard something I never thought I'd ever hear in my life. The, it was obscenely stupid. Have you, ever, have you ever heard something you're like, that is so stupid, I'm now angry? Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. So there's this woman. I'm going to show a picture of her. Go ahead. Her name is Cass. She sued her parents. Do you know why she sued her parents? She sued her parents. You're not ready for this. For being born against her will it gets worse hold on when she made her lawsuit she you can't make this stuff up i'm getting i can feel the blood pressure right now like rising like like a thermometer she said i did not realize that I was going to have to grow up, become responsible, and get a job. And so I did not consent to that. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like we're doing it again two weeks in a row. Oh, no, she did. Oh, yes, she did. <laughs> Do you guys get the, that reference? Does anybody get that anymore? Wanda from In Living Color, does anybody get it? Okay, a couple of Hi. All right, good. Good. Because I bust out impressions, and if you don't get them, I just look stupid. But now if you know, you know. She did not consent to having to grow up, get a job, and become responsible. So she sued her mom and dad, and she said that they should have used a psychic medium to ask if she wanted to be born. She won! She won! $5,000 a month, she won. She's getting paid $60,000 a year for for damages because she did not consent to being born. Girl, I ain't lying. And, And here's what she told the guys on the radio. She said to them, she said, if you are a pregnant mom, you need to consult a medium and ask them if they want to be born. Otherwise, I will help them sue you for everything you have. We are all out of, of, of common sense. I mean, it has left the building like Elvis. It's just gone. And I don't want to live here anymore. If there's a new planet that we can maybe get working, let's just head that way. Yeah. I, you do not want me building things at all. But somebody, Wes, get on that if you could. That'd be great. This is the world we're living in right now. Can you believe that? How many of you guys feel your blood pressure going up right now? Yeah. We are devoid of common sense. 
We are so open-minded that our brain has fallen out of our ears and is rolling across the floor. And in the middle of all this, we're supposed to parent. And in the middle of this, you're supposed to bring up Talia and, and you're one on the way. How on earth, how on earth are we supposed to do this? Thank God he's got a plan because the walls are broken down. And everything is going kind of cattywampus right now. There are things happening in our world that when you look at it, you're thinking to yourself, I never, ever, ever thought I would ever see that. Agreed? But yet God challenges us and calls us to be rebuilders of the wall. Amen? So chapter 2 rolls around. It's been four months since Nehemiah found out about this, and he is brokenhearted and um and he's he's walking around the the uh, the palace the winter palace of the king and and you could just you could just see it all over his face i don't know if you if you're that person if i'm happy you know just by looking at me i'm happy if i'm not you know just by looking at me that i'm not right um i, I wear my emotions on my sleeve and that's where he is and the king goes to him and it says this in chapter 2 verses 2 through 3 it says Therefore, the king said to me, why is your face sad? I love walking up to people and be like, what's wrong with your face, man? <laughs> why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid and I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's, the tombs lies in waste and its gates are burned with fire? The king, being a wise man, was like, what you asking for? He knew. He asked, what are you asking for? And he said, look, here's what I want. I want to be able to go back and find out what's going on and maybe rebuild these, these walls and the gate. And so the king's like, okay. He's like, also, I'm asking if you'll please send me with paper keeping me safe when people are saying, why are you here? He's like, okay, I'll do that. He's like, also... I would like all of your resources and, and for you to pay for this to happen. And he's like, okay, I'll do that too. He's like, and also, I just, I want you to have uh, security around me that when people try to stop it from happening, that, you, that they would keep me safe. And he's like, all right, we can do that too. He shot a shot with the hot girl for, on, you know, to ask her to, for prom, and she said yes. You know what I mean? The king was like, yeah, I'll give you all that. He shot a shot. The king said yes. And so Nehemiah received the king's commission, protection, and provision to rebuild the walls and the gates of Jerusalem. How cool is that? Now understand, this is the king of Persia. And he's saying, yes, I will protect you, I will send you with my blessing, and I will fully fund your repair efforts in a country that doesn't belong to me. That's how you know Nehemiah lived in such a way where he had favor in the eyes of God and man, right? But check this out. God said to him, or not God, the king, the king said to him, I will send you, I will commission you to do it, I will provide and protect so that you can make this happen. Understand this, God does the same thing with us. We have been commissioned by the king to go and rebuild the walls, and not only that, he'll provide everything we need to do it and protect us in the middle of it so that we can fulfill all that he's called us to do. Isn't that cool? Dad, you're wondering, you're looking at the world around you and you're like, how on earth can I, can I do what I know I'm supposed to do as a father and, and, and rebuild the walls in my own, in my own family and, and take, make sure I'm building right there with a crazy world around me? And God says, if I called you to do it, not only do you have my permission, you have my protection and my provision. Isn't that awesome? That's something you should have been excited about and I feel like you, were missed, you missed an opportunity there. That's good stuff. Some of you are like, well, yeah, that's true for maybe this guy over here, and it's true for him. It's true for Cecil. He won Guardian's tickets. It's got to be true for him. Here's the thing I want you to understand, dads, and so many times I run into dads who just think they don't have what it takes to be who God's called them to be. And it breaks my heart. Understand this, the standard of excellence in your walk with God is not being a pastor. It's being the man that God's called you to be, right? And you think you don't have what it takes, but here's the awesome thing. It says this, 
And, and, and God gave me this quote, and I just want to share it with you. God would not have made you the spiritual leader of home if he wouldn't give you the commission, protection, and provision to do so. He wouldn't have told you to do that. And so just like the king who heard that the walls were broken down and commissioned Nehemiah to go and do it and provided for him to go and do it and protected him in the middle of it and sent him with an army to watch over his back, God will do the same thing with you if you choose to be a wall builder in your family's life. Amen? Amen. Chapter 2, verse 17 and 18 says this, and, and, and so here's what happens before I get there. Nehemiah gets the blessing and does everything like that, and he decides he's going to go by night. So he, he gets on his horse, and he gets a few, a few people with him, some important people, and they go to scout it out. How many of you know you got to go scout it out, right? He went and scouted it out, and he went and checked it out by night, and he looked and he saw the condition of the, of the, of the walls and the condition of the gates, and he was brokenhearted, and he saw everything that was going on, and here's what happened in verses 17 and 18 of chapter 2. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies in waste, and its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken to me. And they said this. They said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hand to do good work. I feel like, I feel like there should have been like the eye of the tiger playing in the background when they, you know, like when they were like, let's, let's do it, right? Like, they said, let us rise up and build. Let us rise up and build. You hear it? Let us rise up and build. Understand, he was heartbroken in that moment. I'm guessing he, he probably hears about this and he sees it with his own eyes. And he probably, what he heard, he wasn't thinking it was as bad as what it was, as they were saying it was. And then he gets there and it's even worse. And he's, I could just imagine He's heartbroken, and he knows that there's opposition. I mean, these guys just came out of bondage. You know people are looking to take them over again. That's just how it worked in the Old Testament, right? And how, what Amazon's doing to us now, like I already said. And the Google. The Google's doing it too, right? And so, he's, and so he sees this, and the thing is he's not shaken. He's stirred, and there's a big difference. He's not shaken by the moment. Oh, no, what are we going to do? It's worse than we thought. I don't think we could pull this off. I'm scared to death. I don't know. He is stirred. He looks at it, and he gets, he, gets, he gets stirred in his heart, and he says, let's rise up, and let's do this thing together. Amen. And so he convinces the people around him, and they all rise up to do this great work of building the wall. How cool is that? Are you following me so far? Is this easy to follow so far? Dad, you need to understand one big thing. We each have to make our own commitment to rebuild the walls. In your own family, right? The school system isn't going to do it. Politicians are for darn sure not going to do it. Like in the words, uh, words of George Herbert Walker Bush, not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. They're not going to do it. Right? You didn't see that one coming, did you? Not bad. I was talking with Barr, and she doesn't think they'll do it either. The world around you is not going to do it. Your neighbor's not going to raise your kid for you. Your, your friends shouldn't have to be the ones who build the wall in your family. It's you. Dad, God's called you to build your wall. No one else. It's your responsibility. At some point in time, you got to have the moment that these guys had when they were looking at the condition of the world around them and finally said, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to do this. I'm not waiting for somebody else to come and be my savior. I'm not waiting for somebody else to come and do it for me. I'm going to do it because I see it needs done and God's calling me to do it. Amen? Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Dads, don't wait for the football coach to do it. Look, I, I've enjoyed my years as a football coach, 
But dads, as much as I love coaching your kids, well, not your kids, but you understand what I'm saying. As much as your coach loves coaching your kids, you have a spiritual impact on them that coaches don't have. Don't wait for Pastor Dan or Pastor Jessica to do it. It's your job. Don't wait for anybody else. It's your job. Don't wait for your best friend to do it. Don't wait for someone else. We, check this out, we as pastors, and listen, I love being your pastor, and I love getting to, to, like, I love the fact that I know each and every one of these kids' names, except for that kid in the black over there. I'm not sure who he is or who his dad is. (laughs) He looked at his shirt. Gavin looked at his shirt. Well, I think he's talking about me right now. You're so pretty. (laughs) I love that. But guys, we're not called to build your walls for you. You're called to build them yourself. We are a supplement to you, not a substitute for you. Did you hear that? I will pray for each and every one of your kids when they come up here and they're in need of prayer. Pastor Dan and Paris and their team pours their guts out for your, te- your teenagers every Wednesday night. Pastor Jessica, every Sunday morning, pours her guts out for your children. But when your kid's at home and they're struggling and they're trying to figure out who they are and trying to, trying to, to grow and stuff, guess who needs to be their biggest influence? You! No one but you! And your spouse, their mom, and their dad should be their biggest influence. But my kids don't think I'm cool. You're not cool. You're not cool. This isn't a cool church, and your pastor's not cool. We're not. But we can be powerful. And I'll take powerful over cool any day. And twice on Sunday. Except not this Sunday, because we need to get out of here, because the steak's waiting on us. Finally, I get an amen. Okay, all right. Now. <laughs> Did you just say steak? But imagine this. Imagine if every father took responsibility for their own family's wall. Right? Imagine. So they start the work. The next couple, couple chapters, chapter four, chapter three, tells who's helping with all the work. Chapter 4, people around start seeing and they start mocking Nehemiah and start making plans to derail the work. In chapter 5, there's an attack on the Jewish people trying to ruin them from the inside out. And why is that? And, and the truth is, is that you know that God has commissioned you and is providing for you and has protected you, but the world around you is not a fan of the wall you're trying to build. Right? The world around you thinks that they should have access to your children that you shouldn't have. So they start mocking Nehemiah and his, and his people, and they're trying to stop them from doing the work. And in chapter 6, the plan begins to try and get Nehemiah from, the, the work has already begun, and the wall is being rebuilt. And I can only imagine it kind of looks somewhat like this, what we've built. I know it's probably hard for you to see over there, but, but you know, the, the block is, ble- is being laid. There's still cracks on the foundation that you've got to fix. The work is nowhere near done, but it's starting, right? And that's where they were at. That's where they were at. And in the middle of that, the attacks start. Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had, was rebuilt, that I had rebuilt the wall, that there were no breaks left in it, though at the time I had not hung the doors and the gates, because well, honestly... There is the whole thing about men get 90% of the project done in the first three weeks of the project, and then the last 10% takes seven years, right? I mean, men, I said I wouldn't beat up on you, but you know that's true. They got us on the nose on that one, right? 90% is in the first day, and then after that, it takes 10 years. We got a 10-year warranty on that work. Then that Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together amongst the village in the plain of Ono. 
But they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to say to them, saying, check this out. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it to go down to you? They sent this message to me four times, and I answered them every time in the same manner. Understand, they were trying to use mockery. And they were trying to use, they were trying to use oppression. And they were trying to use intimidation. And they were trying to use, they were trying to use things like distraction. They were working very big in distraction. Come down and meet with us. Just come down and meet with us. Stop the work. Come down off the wall. Stop the work. And just come meet with us. Come talk with us. And he kept saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. And why should I come down? And why should I stop what I'm doing? Because you want to distract me. And so it's not going to happen. And they tried over and over and over again. And every single time, his defense was simply this. I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Right? It's like Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. Right? Wiley Coyote comes up with all these schemes and all these plans. I'm going to blow him up with TNT. I'm going to drop a boulder on him. I'm going to poison him. And, and what does Roadrunner do? He just runs. Right? This guy comes up with all these schemes. The enemy comes up with every scheme he can possibly do to derail you, to detract you, to distract you, to, to, to keep you from doing the work, to scare you out of it, to oppress you, to, to intimidate you. And all our job is to do is to say, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Amen? And every single time he said to him, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. His work was too important, and he knew better. Fathers, can I just say this to you? We need to be the same way. And dads, can I just say this to you? You're going to hear something that you don't hear very often. Moms hear it. Dads don't hear it. Maybe more in the church you hear it, but in the world you definitely don't hear it. And here it is. Dads, your job is so important. Can we agree with that? Can we agree with that? Dads, your job is so important because they're like two people clapping. That's something, yeah. There we, there we go. There we go. We're working on it. Your job is important. You're living in a time where they're trying to, to detract from the importance of dad in the home. It's even in your entertainment. Go on Disney. And watch a, watch a Disney TV show. Haven't done it for years. But there's been a transition. The, the transition is dad's a bumbling idiot and you don't see him around at all. Right? I mean, where are the Carl Winslows of the world? Right? Who knows Carl Winslow? You know what I mean? He always knew what to do. He may get it wrong. He may fall off the roof and break his arm and his leg. That was the, that was the episode the other day. But he's always going to get it right with his kids. Where are the Danny Tanners of the world? When your kid's going through everything and they know exactly what to say and the cheesy music plays in the background and they sit on the, on the side of your bed with you and they walk you through life. It doesn't happen anymore in these TV shows. Now dad is a bumbling idiot and the friends and, and everybody else are the ones who are the ones helping teenagers through their stuff. So even on our entertainment, they're detracting from the role of dad, right? The world around us detracting from the role of dad. Everywhere we go, detracting from the role of dad. But let me tell you just how important your, your job is as dad. Are you ready? Did you know that 85% of the youth who are currently in prison grew up in a fatherless home? Did you know that children from fatherless homes are twice as likely to drop out of school before graduating as children who have a father in their life? Did you know that... that that teen girls from fatherless homes are four times more likely to become mothers by the, before the age of 20 than those who are not. Did you know that? Did you know that in 2011, 44% of children in homes headed by a single mom, and single moms, you're amazing. This is nothing against you. You are a superwoman. You deserve a cape and a long nap, okay? But we're talking about the importance of dad today, all right? headed by a single mom, are living in poverty. Just 12% of, of, of children in married couple families are living in poverty. So 44% of fatherless homes as opposed to 12% living in poverty, all because they're not there. 
80, check this out. 85% of all children who have exhibited some behavioral disorder come from a fatherless home. That's from the Department of Justice, so you know it's very reliable. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny right there. This world's trying to detract from you guys. And your job is to build the wall. You're like, okay, is the wall like this big wall around the world or is it like a wall that's like at my house? I don't, wait, how big's it gotta be? Yes, we're talking worldwide, but we're also talking it starts in the home. And if every father were responsible for their own household, amazing things could happen. And God is looking for one man in this building to just say, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to step up and I'm going to build the walls of my family's life. I'm going to be who God's called me to be. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And the world may have something to say about it, but I don't really care what they have to say about it. And they may try to oppress me. They may try to, they may try to stop me and persecute me. They may try to distract me. But every single time, I'm going to get up on that wall and I'm going to keep doing my work. And you can say what you want to say, but my reply is always going to be, I am doing a great work. I cannot come down. I'm being who my children need me to be. I cannot come down. You can come with your depression. You can come with your, you can come with your distractions. That's the biggest one is distractions. You can try and distract me all you want. Say what you want to say, but this work is too important for me to get distracted by you, and I'm going to be who God's called me to be. Dad, this is your job. This is your wall. It's your job to build it. Don't leave it to Pastor Dan to teach your teenagers how to be men of God. You do it. Don't leave it to me just because I'm here on Sunday mornings to be your, only, your children's only dose of the Holy Spirit and hearing the word. They need to hear it from you, but more than that, they need to see you exhibiting it in your everyday life. And the enemy will try to stop it. The enemy will have things to say about it. The enemy will distract you the best he can. But in every moment, you've got to say, I'm doing a great work. What better work is there than building your children? What greater work is there than being the people that your children need you to be? What greater work is there than that? And if our response is simply, I'm doing a great work, the most important work of my life. And look, I don't know what you do for a living. You may be a business owner. You may, you may head up an entire division in your factory. You may be the CEO of a company. You may be a janitor. You may be a street sweeper. Doesn't matter what you do for a living. Your most important job is dad. The enemy would love to distract you from being that person that builds the walls in your family's life so that the things that need to stay in, stay in. And the things that need to stay out, stay out. But every single time, Dad, your reply needs to be, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. PT, I've already ruined it. My kids are grown and I blew it. No. You can still model for them right now what it is to be a man or woman of God. PT, I broke down my own family's wall. I messed it up. I broke down my own family's wall. Well, then you better grab two bricks at a time then. But it's still your job. It's still your job. It's still your job to fix it. PT, I don't have children. Then you live your life in such a way where the nearest dad can count on you to help him build walls in their own family's life. Some of the most important people I know are the ones whose kids are grown or the ones whose kids are out of the house or the one who, who, who never have kids, but they are so clutch in the life of another family. And if 
it's their spiritual fruit that changed everything. Stop thinking you don't have what it takes to build a wall. Stop thinking you don't have what it takes to be dead. Stop thinking you don't have what it takes to be who God's called you to be. Because if he's called you to do it, then he has commissioned you, provided for you, and protected you to do so. Grab a brick and get to work. And when the enemy tries to distract you, we just say these words, I am doing a great work. I can't come down. Can't do it. And there's nothing important enough to get me off of this wall. Amen? Stand to your feet with me. I got to let you go. Texas Roadhouse is going to get busy soon. And I don't know how many rolls they got, but I know you want them. So here's what we're going to do. Dads, and listen, I, we need to start with dads, okay? Um, I have, I have these, these dog tags for you, right? So, yeah, this isn't going to go well. We'll keep that on. And these dog tags. It says... I cannot come down, Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3. And, and I want you to grab one of these, and you can do a couple things with it. It's big enough to be a necklace. You can wear it. Put it around your neck daily and let it remind you that you're building something special and that you're doing a great work and that no matter what distraction comes, I'm not coming down. Or you can put it on your rearview mirror, or you can chop that, that little necklace up and make it a, a keychain. I don't care what you do with it, but every day I want you to have it in a place. When you get up and you start your day, let it be a reminder. I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. The enemy's going to distract you. And you may feel like you have no idea how to do it, and you may feel like you fall short, but if he called you to do it, he will commission you, protect you, and provide for you to be able to do what he's called you to do. Amen? With everything you could possibly need. I'm not just talking monetary. I'm talking about gifts, abilities, strength, and wisdom for the moment. He will give you what you need. So here's what I'm going to do, dads. I'm going to pray. And uh, once, once, dads, I don't know how many of these I got. And so um, once, if there's, if there's a, uh, if there, if you're, if you, if there's still some up here, then our younger people can grab one. Um, and, uh, and listen, when I, listen, if you're here and you're like, yeah, but I'm a grown man, I'm married, but I don't have children, then I promise you, you're, you're functioning in that role in somebody's life. Come grab one, okay? You're included in this, all right? And I'm going to pray. While I'm praying, and when you come up here, I want you to come, and I want you to just come up and, oh, I got a necklace, okay, whatever. I want you to come up here. I want you to grab this thing. I want you to hold on to it. And as we play this music, I want you to just take some time of worship. And I want you to make the proclamation that I'm going to be the builder of a wall in my home. And I'm going to do a great work that I cannot be distracted from doing. Make that proclamation before you leave. Amen. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that needs to happen today. You can't build a wall without him. Amen? Because he's the foundation. Somebody just asked to say something, and uh, I have a thing. I have, I, it's Melissa's mic. I hope that's all right.
others do great jobs at getting together. It's good word. Moms, whatever. I don't even know all of them. Lots of three le- three letter events. But for men, we had promise keepers. Remember promise keepers? Mm-hmm. Well, promise. We're still promise keepers. I, that's what this message is about for fathers. Be promise keepers to your family. But men, let's pull together. And it says, so they put their hands together to do the good work. Amen. They, that's right. All of us. That's right. This brother is the shepherd of this flock. I am the head of my home, but we men are the head of the body in our church, in our facility. So men, if you've got struggles, reach out, call out. That's what we're here for. That's good. It says in scripture that the old, old that the uh, older women will teach the younger women. Same for older men. We're a team. Good word. Let's work together as a team. They, that means all of us. Men, we need each other. But most importantly, we need God. But yes, we need each other. That's a good word. Hey. How many of you guys feel like Mike needs to preach Father's Day next year? Okay, maybe we'll be doing that, Mike. Get yourself ready. All right, so let's pray. Let's pray. There's no more important work than this, God. Before I'm ever a pastor, I'm a dad. Before these guys are ever a roofer or an engineer, a soldier, a police officer, a firefighter, or a janitor, they're dad. And our primary role is to build a life that keeps the godliness within our children and keeps what the world is offering at bay. Distractions are going to come. Help us in every moment to say, I am doing a great work. I will not be distracted. I will not be detoured. And I will not be delayed. I will not come down. Help us, Lord, to live this in everything we do. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Crank up the music. Altar's open. Men, come get your thing. And make that proclamation.